us. Hayley, how are you doing? Sorry about that. I am good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt you. That's all right. Rude of me. <laughs> you, you call it an interruption. I consider it saving me from the glare <laughs> of the camera and a microphone. Cool. But uh, how are we? Where are you located? Um, I'm in Staley Bridge, not far out of Manchester, UK. It's so, right on the corner. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, what's your accent? Where are you? I'm, I'm North Manchester uh, as well, okay. so it's cool. cool. We could have done this in a beer garden, really, couldn't we? It's glorious. I know, couldn't we? Yeah. I know, tell me about it. It's just long, may it continue. Yeah, it's That's so... all I can say. I'm so sick of this rubbish weather. <laughs> for those who might not know, us Brits in the northwest. <laughs> don't see a lot of sun. As a matter of fact, there, there are some people on my street throwing weapons at it right now as, as, a, yeah. as some sort of elemental threat. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Hayley, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your story. And I, I believe, obviously, you, you've waived the right to uh, anonymity in this regard as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I did. Um, that was... Well, it was something that I didn't expect that I was ever going to do. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So basically... In um, 2014, um, I had um, a complete mental breakdown, um, lost my job. I worked as an actress, so it takes a bit thick skin. So I lost a lot of work, didn't know what was happening with me, went to see a counsellor, got diagnosed with um, depression, anxiety. And um, I said the words to him, I was in a relationship with my teacher when I was 12 to 15 and that was the moment that it all changed really he um, took me down a different path I spent years not thinking there was anything wrong with it the way it was portrayed in the media anybody I ever told like oh I had a fling with my teacher when I was at school they either know someone that did or it had happened to them so it was almost like this in-house secret that goes on within our society that's kind of socially acceptable so I spent years just thinking I was going through life and then I thought this is wrong my counsellor taught me it was wrong and I told the police and from that moment on um, he was arrested he was charged Um, he admitted eventually he admitted to five offences and he ended up with uh, 20 months. He pled guilty. Um, he ended up with a 20-month sentence and 10 years on the sex offenders register. That 10 years runs out in four years' time. Um, he's been able to change his name. He's been able to go back into work. And I decided that I saw s- these salacious headlines about teacher-students And I saw a lot of victim blaming and I thought, okay, they want a victim blame. I'll put my name to that victim. So I decided to come out for the very first time to help other people. I found out he worked as a supply teacher in 14 to 17 other schools around this country. That, and I even thought after the con- post conviction as well. No, sorry, this, this is pre conviction. Right, so okay. this happened to me. So obviously, mine was, and I think there sometimes needs to be a little bit more. Uh, I didn't have any understanding of it. Historical sex offences. 20, 30, 40 years ago, we were 
taught children should be seen, not heard. You listen to your adults. It was very much stranger danger. Don't go with a stranger. No one likes to talk about how close to home it can sometimes be, that we put our children with teachers who we trust, with sports coaches who we trust. We have all of that. And um, yeah, so I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And as I've seen and got to know fellow survivors, I think the reason that I speak so much and the reason that you are constantly triggered within the media with the recent Philip Schofield and you you put a tweet out, I went on this morning, they were the, one of the first media streams to get in touch with me after I waived my right to anonymity. I trusted them, I went on that show and I was interviewed by Philip and Holly and I didn't have a good experience. Now, I didn't know whether that was to do with my own feelings. Am I just feeling all of these things? And um, as it's come out in the media, I didn't know it at the time, as it's come out in the media, the runner that Philip is accused is actually the runner that was looking after myself and my partner all day. So it became very close to home. And I put a tweet out there and I realised that exactly the same questions and victim blaming were being thrown around at me and at other survivors that we jump on coattails. We only do it for um, money to get books, to get deals, to be in the media. And I can just want to let people know that unfortunately it is those closest to us and teacher-student relationships are depicted just as that. They're not depicted as abuse. You know, I've heard, um, you know, Britney Spears and the schoolgirl and the outfit has been mentioned on different things. And I know we've come a long way since that, but as with a lot of subjects, it's not going further enough. And child sex abuse is so triggering to people. The, the, the guilt, the shame that the survivor feels will stay with them for life, even as they're talking openly. And it's just, I'm here trying to let other people know and that there's safety in a survivor network. You might not feel safe all the time, but I know, and I've had students reach out to me that there is no teaching of this in their schools had they not seen my interview, had they not seen my book or another survivor of it, they wouldn't know this is going on. So there's no education. And when these teachers, if you look, they are moved on. They don't like to share this information. It brings the school into complete disrepute. Mm -hmm. So they keep it in-house. And I don't know if anyone has ever had that moment where they've heard the gossip. They know something's going on and it's about understanding what grooming looks like. It's not always nasty. It's not always giving the child drugs, alcohol and, and feeding them that way. It's getting them involved in their club, getting them involved in... Um, their after schools club, having a reason to have the one-to-ones with them, whether that be for a positive or a negative reason. And it's just really realising that 
people go into these jobs and we place trust in them. And it's just about us being aware that sometimes they can still slip through the net, no matter how many checks are done. Because as you know, like with my abuser, for instance, in 2006, he will be off the sex offenders register. He's done his time, he's pled his guilt, um, and he'll be free to change his name and, and, and work again. And I don't think that that is a tough enough sentence for a perpetrator. Sure. I know we've got a long way to go with that. Well, let, um, let, I mean, you said something interesting there, and I think a lot of people who are maybe fortunate enough to have not experienced grooming or know, you know, how it works, how it operates. And obviously mm. you've got your own personal experience with it and you've obviously spoken to many survivors since. And yeah. I imagine you've, you've all had fairly similar experiences in the way. It, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a huge spectrum. Um, there can, and I think sometimes that's where I want all survivors, anyone that might be listening that, Oh, mine's not as bad as that, or that didn't, that, oh, that didn't quite happen to me. Well, it's all when you cross that line, there is a position of trust. When a teacher crosses that line, and I don't think the pressure should be on the child, the child should be free to have, we go through hormones, we should be free to have crushes on teachers. But as survivors, I think people that think that they've um, not had it as bad as somebody else, they can almost start to think, I don't deserve to tell my story. I don't deserve to tell my truth because my abuser, some people don't even realise it. I thought it for years that he loved me. Well, let's, let's. I mean, talk about it specifically if, if you're comfortable with this and we, we can, oh, I mean, it'd be certainly think, try to. Sure. I mean, it might be helpful for people if they could hear, uh, you know, how this started, when it started, in what ways did it start? Uh, okay. Yes, yeah, so bearing in mind this was the 90s. Right. Um, so um, this was when the offence actually took place. Um, it was extremely subtle. He was very... At 12 years old, The now I realise as an adult the grooming began, but it looked like um, praising me. Um, Is giving this, guy, me... Was it this guy a full-time teacher at school? Yes, he was my full-time drama teacher, sorry. Oh, yes, okay. um, yeah, he was my full-time drama teacher. And um, so gave me extra attention, um, gave me reason to be in his office alone to collect uh, pens, costume, stay after class. Sometimes it could be an excuse that I'd been naughty so he needs to talk to me after class and then it's little things like you have a pretty face you have pretty eyes oh I bet lots of boys your own age fancy you and so it's taking it that way and then slowly but surely with me it was um the touches under a desk with a class full of people including other teachers and then it was being in his office alone. And unfortunately, a lot of the offences that happened to me happened within the school grounds. So I had um, 
everything other than penetrative sex with this teacher um, within his within school grounds within his office, which um, was on a corridor where people were walking past. So it he made me feel that we've it's quiet, it's wrong, but I'm wrong. He won't get into trouble. I will get into trouble. So it, it's feeding you. And what also you happened to me was he befriended my parents through parents' evening by telling them what a wonderful child they had, how well-behaved she was, and then basically um, gave me the part, um, the lead part in the next play. And that's where, at 13 years old, the abuse really ramped up. And then at 14, I've visited his house. I've met his wife. He had a young child. Um, my oh, parents wow. were invited there. He groomed the whole family. His Everybody was involved. His best friend was involved um, of the time. Um, I know another student at my school did go through something similar to me with the same teacher, um, but haven't waived their right to anonymity. Um, so these are the only charges that he's been done for. And that's what I also you see in the newspapers as well. They've been charged with this amount of offences. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Hmm. That's what they've been able to really find out in black and white because it's a really lengthy police process. There's something I just wanted to pick up on there that sh- like yeah. really stood out to me. And with you saying that he he touched you inappropriately under a desk it, yeah. in 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 a room full of people. I mean that that's extraordinary. Always. It's brazen. Yeah. Um, I mean how how would he how would he do this? I, I mean literally, how would he do this? I, I you'd the, you'd have to ask him. I mean I can only presume that he part of it for him I think it's the same with these people that are in the public eye it's this feeling of danger and they're getting away with it it's the power how powerful they must feel in that moment how power must powerful must he feel that he can do that and nobody sees not one person and even if somebody did certainly they didn't say anything at the at the time and certainly no one's come out to say anything since to me so i can only assume my abuser um and there is a theme that it is about power it's about control it's they must feel like such little people inside of them that the only way that they can feel powerful is to get hold of somebody younger, somebody more vulnerable, somebody that is pliable, somebody that isn't going to ask that many questions. Because when you're that age, you know, you're, you do as you're told. You're, you're kept at school. You're in a regime. You're told you behave by your parents. If you don't behave by your parents, you'll get tension. You get told off. You get letters sent home. So it can all come back on you. It can all come back on you. And if you look at the victim blaming that does go on, we will straight away with historical sex offences get why now? Why are you bothering coming out now? Surely you should have known. Um, why do you want to ruin somebody's family? You've um, They don't understand that through nice 
abuse through abuse that looks like love when they teach you how to have a sexual relationship and you lose your virginity to your abuser it's something you have to live with for the rest of your life you have a detached relationship forever and ever because of what they did to you and it can really have a detrimental effect your mental health your job I nearly lost my home because I couldn't keep up with the payments of the mortgage so it has that real knock-on effect and I suppose I just it's finding it and for the people in power we need things in place for them we need things in place that they know they can't get away with it anymore because we are looking it needs to be a conversation and it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable and it's not nice to have but we need to be having it on platforms like this which is brilliant and I thank you for that for allowing somebody to actually have a voice on this very difficult subject Uh, honestly uh you know, uh, pleasure's the wrong word to use, I suppose. For such, serious, I know it's a difficult uh, one, isn't it? Yeah, uh, we're very grateful that you're here to talk about this because it makes a huge difference to people who are unsure whether to speak up. I suppose knowing that you've done it and you're you know you've managed, you're a perfect example of somebody who can be successful and there is life after this, and you know it makes a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose something so. that it interests me a little bit is this idea of, um, I mean. You spoke about how your uh, abuser would isolate you. To, so access is very important to these people, of course. Yes. And the thing about the profession of a school teacher is there are kids everywhere. And, and we would obviously accept overwhelmingly the majority of teachers just want what's best for their children and aren't. Of threat. course. But do these professions, do these professions atta- attract these type or is it a case of he possibly wasn't that type and then he saw an opportunity down the road, do you think? I think it can, you can probably say it It could be both. You yeah. can say that, because there is, It's if you really do look at it for a perpetrator, for a paedophile, for somebody that is attracted to young people, what's a great place to work? If you enjoy power and control that somebody, you can literally hold someone back after school. You can um, call them into your office you know that for the most point, there's nowhere else for that student to go. So I suppose if they're finding themselves, if they're that way inclined, that they're attracted to children, then yeah, I suppose it's not a bad thing to to go into. But as we all know, it's not the only profession. It's just my my one happens to be a teacher. And I personally do think that it's something that it's easy to sweep aside within a school until we can't sweep it aside anymore. And then that creates more and more victims. And it's about nipping it in the bud right at that moment and and knowing what those red flags are. And I know it's a gray area because I totally agree with you. The majority of teachers are fantastic. They want to do a good job. And it's just when these nasty insidious ones get through it can have a huge detrimental effect and they can keep abusing and going from school to school to school to school and again with a name change as well you can also do that do you think in a way um we have to reevaluate the 
teacher pupil relationship in the in this climate just as a safeguarding exercise because i think we we all i think many of us would would know that having a relationship with a teacher a perfectly innocent and teacher student relationship can be quite yeah. rewarding in that sense it can yeah. be very important to development yeah. uh, i've come away from school with you know remembering the names of teachers i had great respect for who'd set me straight or take an individual interest in something i was doing yeah. for instance yeah. however obviously that can be exploited as it was in in your case i mean do we have mm. to what sensible measures can we put in to improve safeguarding do you think I would love to see somebody independent within a school that is not employed by the school that people know that they can go to where they're not going to be told on, that it's not going to go straight back to that person or a safe space to talk about these things. I, the last thing I want is to put the fear of God in anyone going to school because the same as yourself, I've still come away with some beautiful relationships with school teachers um i did think i had one with this one it just all flipped on its head once i realized what was happening to me um and i think it's about having the correct um government safeguarding in place that teachers know about that they know where to go where to report and they need somebody that is independent so the school don't think that it's going, they constantly don't think that one bad teacher is going to make the school bad. Mm. And I think it's just about creating safe environments, safe spaces. If we have open conversations, but the children need to know that they're not going to be told on, that it's not their fault, that they're not going to get blamed, that they're not going to be dragged into a, a headmaster's office or um, be told off by anybody else because they've told on a teacher. So yeah. just a, a safe space of someone. And also remember that perpetrators, they need allies, they need friends. So they will, they can charm people. That's why when we come out and say, this person's abused me, you will get people saying, well, they never did it to me. Or I always thought they were lovely. Well, they were absolutely fine with me. So we have, they need allies. They're generally very warm, welcoming, charming people. And so um, they will have a unit around them. And as the victim, you will feel so lonely that, you know, they've got all of those mm. people. They've got all of those people to basically say that I'm a liar. And so I suppose it's having those open conversations that, we can see when someone is grooming, we know what the grooming does look like. And just to keep our children safe in their place of education, place they are made to go, they have to be in education until they're 16 years old and for them in the UK and for them to feel safe. But I truly think it needs to be an independent body not checked by the school it's completely part of um a police package as i know some people have police officers on site and um, if there's particular problems within the school and um have someone there that the children always knows about and allow people as schools as well it'd be great if they would allow people to come in and have this conversation openly in pshe for certain students and, and cover this subject and um, really let them know that it's safe 
Do you think the culture may have changed to have raised awareness in, in an extent? Because I think like like you, I, I went through high school in the 90s. Yeah. And for me, I, I don't think I would have known what a paedophile was. I wouldn't have even had the language to describe something like that. The idea that adults would engage in them sort of mm-hmm. things just wouldn't cross my mind. Since yeah. then, we've had high, the high-profile cases of, you know, Rolf Harris is in the news right yeah. now. We've had Jimmy Savile, Gary yeah. Glitter. Do you think mm-hmm. kids are a bit, uh, I say kids, young adults, mm-hmm. teenagers, maybe a bit more um, uh, attuned to it than maybe we were now? Yes, 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 definitely. I do think they are. Um, it, uh, what saddened me slightly was how many messages I had from that age group um, after my book came out that they don't know. They're not taught this. It's not... Um, a lot of schools can get to choose if they're a private um, school, if they're not under a government body, they they can choose what is in their PSHE classes. Mm. So they might not necessarily want to teach about sex and and health um so they can certainly not necessarily talk about what goes on in grooming because i think people are getting worried that if that comes in too early with a child that they might be more susceptible to it or they can live in this fear but i do think why what is great is that there's definitely more um there's more places for children to go because they can look at things like this. They don't just have four channels to choose from and a couple of news outlets. So they are getting to hear different debates and, and different things. But then they're also subjected to um, shows um, that depict the student-teacher relationship very um, almost like an affair and 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 sexualized. And I know a lot of people have done it and taken it different ways and that is great and it just needs to keep going that way we just need to keep having this conversation and I suppose it not always be um that when someone in the media is spoken about that now we talk about it again that it keeps being spoken about and um yeah unlike you I do believe that uh, our young people of today have got far more knowledge of what a paedophile looks like like I said for me it was just stranger danger you don't get in a car with a stranger you don't take sweets from a stranger you don't take money you don't go back to anybody's house that you don't know but again once you start to know these people excuse me um and they start to um get into your um life and they they might groom a family or then it can um it can be taken in a different way and we just need to make sure that in all schools it's not always at the home that we keep it and we keep having this conversation and our young people can keep growing in their education and their knowledge and for young girls and young boys out there to realise that they're allowed to have these feelings, they're allowed to have these hormones but whoever is in the position of trust that they are not allowed to cross that line. And I think that's the most important message. I definitely uh, wholeheartedly agree there. And you mentioned something interesting at the start of the show about how the media presents a lot of these uh, cases. And I, yeah. I overwhelmingly accept the, the the majority of perpetrators in this crime are adult men. 
for sure. But every once in a while, uh, this is flipped and we find uh, a, a female teacher is responsible for yeah. grooming the male. And this <clears> seems to be quite, a, quite a weird way this is often reported or discussed about. There's always, there's often obviously a, a nudge, nudge and a wink, wink about this. And sometimes it's almost fetishized or mm -hmm. celebrated. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, uh, you've Absolutely. probably noticed this as well. What are your thoughts on this, this kind of uh, disparity? That yes, I, I I could not agree more. And of yeah, the perpetrators come in all shapes and sizes, sexes. It's it it is <clears throat> it is both. I think again, it's the same thing. It's the it's the boys will be boys. Yes. Um. So it very much becomes. And again, we need to just let young boys know that it's okay to speak about your feelings openly, openly, and uh, not push them to think it's cool to be with an older woman to go into that to well, I suppose we've got all these phrases we've got MILF you know we, the, the, mm. we've got all the, the the porn channels that you can watch it's all there and sometimes you can be searching for something online it pops up in your face even when you don't want to see it <laughs> so if that's happened to me which is awkward you when know, you're in the library for sure it really is <laughs> um so Yes, it does happen the other way around. And young boys, I can completely, again, it's about hormones. We're allowed to feel those things. Young boys, young girls, teenagers, you're allowed to have your crushes. You can do. It's not a problem. It's healthy. We're growing. Um, but it's about the person that's in the position of trust, realising that they can't, they're not allowed to cross that line anymore. But with the media's portrayal i suppose we just got a hope that one day they don't think it's cool to portray it like that that it's not going to get more views that it's not going to get people clicking on it because it is that particular subject matter and hopefully young boys and young girls out there can look at their older teachers and sports coaches and whoever's in power of them and think and not actually you know it, let's so just Hope that they abuse of power, though such an abuse. It is, We've all been in awe of it. Yeah. Yes, and it ruins it for so many people. And I don't want it ever ruin anyone's education for them because I promise you, I thank the teachers from the bottom of my heart that helped me. He's the only one that I don't that I remember badly. So there's good ones out there, and I don't want this to be a scaremongering at all. Um, but when it happens and it's in our faces, when there's somebody else that has either that has been in that profession and we're seeing it time and time and time again, then it's this silent epidemic that hopefully will get louder and louder within our society and we can change how people think and feel and portray it so that we will, don't grow up thinking it's normal. Did anyone in the school know what he was doing, to your knowledge? I look back now and, yeah, I'd say that there was um, a little bit of knowledge. Well, he 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 used to tell me whether this was part of his grooming, I don't know, but he did tell me that there was a group of male teachers that all had a, a list of the female girls that they would. Yeah, so that was whether that was to say, oh, I'm not the only one doing this. And, you know, whether that was part of his grooming with me, you know, all teachers do it. This is just something we, we talk about in the staff room. So it could be part and parcel because you can if you go too much down a rabbit hole, 
it can take you to some very, very dark places. But um, yeah, it's just positions of power and trust. It can really ruin it for people. And I certainly, I don't want to do that. I just want to bring awareness that it happens within a school institution, unfortunately. Well, normally I wouldn't dwell on this point so much, but given Philip Schofield is all over the news right now and you've had the experience of being in his presence and you implied you didn't have a particularly good experience. What can you tell us about that interaction? It was, um, well, first of all, yeah, I was, um, again, it's, I was left um, in the green room. I was only, I, I was, I didn't get to meet them, Philip and Holly, flip, flat. Oh, sorry, the first time you met them, you were live? Yes. Wow, okay. A quick, like, so sit down off the camera and, hey, how are you? Their papers in front of them. Mostly they chat to each other. Um, Yeah, I was looked after by people in the green room, didn't speak to them. And I think the only only reason that I I was able to realise that that wasn't a good experience was because a year later I was on, again, after... um, my, my book came out, I was on with Eamon and Ruth. Eamon and Ruth were the nicest. Eamon walked me in. He told me that he told me about me. So he knew who he was interviewing. He didn't need to, um, he didn't ask me uncomfortable questions. Um, they introduced themselves before the show. Um so that's how I knew kind of how it should be. But previously, it was, they were very, very cold. Um, they don't really want to engage with you as a normal Joe Bloggs, because there was other famous people, but they were put in another green room. Oh, okay. to us. So, so like when us real normal people go on to tell our stories, we're put in one green room and you just see the stars ushered past you and they go into another one. Um, so you looked after lovely and the makeup people are lovely. Um, and then I was the runner that he is pictured with, who is known since the boy was 10 years old. It was the one that looked after me. So when these rumours started to surf a few years ago, it became, came even more glaringly obvious to me that my experience was exactly what I thought it was. I was very uncomfortable. I didn't know whether that was just me and how I felt about men at the time, but I was very uncomfortable. Um, I didn't feel that, I mean, after that, I did go and see the This Morning counsellor and I was in a room with her crying for two hours trying to get over Mm. what had just happened, but they were quite rude aloof um you could tell that they didn't really know the full really story just that they no not, not not really yeah as interested as what they you can tell that they are generally hmm. you know you can you can feel it and I get, I get a false vibe from them this this that's that's this that, it was um and it it switches as soon as that camera goes off it, right. it, it it switches the the masks go off and they 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 engage with each other sometimes but not as you would think that they were buddy buddy um 
they were very much on separate on their own phones. Um, but all I can say is I know nothing. It just felt so awful to me that he seems to be, there seems to be more coming out. But if it does happen, then I've bared my soul, as a lot of other people have on that sofa, to someone who's given a false persona all these years, who's been in our homes all these years, who we trust. What, yeah, our... I mean, what's, what's interesting is when you contrast that with your experience with Eamon Holmes, who's got this kind of... Um, yeah. It's got this persona of being quite grumpy and terse, hasn't it? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. It was that so he's being genuine. They do. They say. They say. Um, you know, never meet anyone that you actually really like in the media. But it was. It was. Aim- when I found out I was being interviewed by Eamon and Ruth, I was so scared because I was exactly like that. I thought, no, 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 no. Like that. That's really quite scary. But I. It was that complete juxtaposition of experiences. Meeting Phil and Holly, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be amazing. Oh, no, it wasn't. They weren't very nice to me. They're not, they're certainly not what they show. Whereas Eamon and Ruth, what you see is what you get. They're exactly like that. They're lovely. Their relationship is what you see. It's natural. They know what they're doing. And they make you feel like like they care. Uh, did you see Eamon Holmes talk about this on GB News? He's uh, oh my god, quite viral! What did you make of that? I did. Um, it. I just thought, um, good on you, <laughs> good on you, because so many people. You know, I got it straight away. He hasn't been accused. He hasn't nothing. He hasn't been charged. It hasn't been proved. And even if it was, you know, this boy. You have to be very this careful. Runner, sorry, it, yeah, this this young man on the show, the runner. Um, he's of age now. And so, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. And a, a lot of it came back. So I know Eamon's probably going to get a backlash as well. But personally, when you see these things, you have to say something. And if he's felt it all these years and he's seeing it, then I think we all know. Well, talk, talking of saying something, why don't you tell us a little bit about your books? I'm always fascinated with people who have been through something at, at a time in their life that's giving them the worst possible start going into adulthood. And not only have they come through the other side, they would be forgiven for just getting on with their life and never mention it again. You wouldn't begrudge anyone for doing that, given your experience. Never. But you, no. you decided that you want to put your face to this. You want to do... Uh, some work in the realm of activism, spreading awareness, and you, yeah. you wrote a book. So what's the mindset there between somebody who wants to move on uh, and forget, which is you would perfectly understand, versus somebody Absolutely. who's like yourself who, who wants to speak up and raise awareness? Um, well, again, I've got – it was it was to, to take control back, hmm. if I'm honest. To, to I was seeing – it written and it was not it was written wrong I was being written about and so I for me it was to take control back so I wasn't a silent victim anymore um that I wanted to if I could just help one person not be in my position as um a 35 year old then when I actually came out about this, then um, I w- that's, that's the reason that I did it. 
I wanted, it was quite therapeutic as well. Um, it helped me make sense of what had happened to me. Um, and it's just a heartfelt start to finish of pretty much, you know, from start to finish of the grooming to the breakdown to the charging of him and and the aftermath and the police process explains a little bit more about that and what we go through. Um, but there's no shame and that's what people need to realise Um whether you never speak openly about it, there's no shame. If you choose to, there's no shame. And I needed to do it for my own survival. It yeah. was part of my journey. Well, I don't know if you address this in the book and you can tell me if you're not comfortable talking about it for sure, but I imagine your parents probably harbor some guilt in this respect or the adults in your life having been groomed by this individual also mm. is this something you've discussed you maintain a, a relationship with the, the family members involved yeah I'm very 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 lucky um that they there was no question they believed me it was cut off from him they helped me with the police process they were there by my side they were at court they they were there throughout the whole process but I was extremely lucky I had a support network around me and I was believed um there's some that aren't so I understand that but for me personally and yes they do hold guilt and and shame but we're very lucky and we've um, gone through this process and gone through tough times together and we've dug in and um, we've got all touch wood, got out the other side pretty much unscathed. Yeah. What, what's refreshing to hear from your situation story is that it, it culminated in a conviction and this this man having to sign a register, which is great. You don't... Uh, Certainly with historical abuses, it's so difficult. It's so difficult to get a, con a conviction for these things. I was so lucky, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe you can explain what happened there because a lot of I mean, a lot of people would put it in the context of, it, well, it's his word versus yours. Did he, yes. was he convicted solely on the, the point that he made admissions or did, was the evidence produced? Um, so it was a two-year process from the time that um, I complained to the police about him. Um they, any, what was mentioned in my statement, they then went to collect evidence of. When they first charged him, it was no comment. It was no comment for about six months. And then, unfortunately for him, um, he was, the descriptions of what happened to me and where happened to me was, was matched up by other people mentioned in my statement and um, because there was certain people that would have been on in the school plays and on the school trips that went to certain moments so um they went to those people and obviously they must have backed up what I said and um then there was another girl and the same happened to her. So then that 
she didn't want to rape, press separate charges, but she was willing to put her evidence into help my conviction. So I think what helped me with my historical conviction was um, other people mentioned in the statement, i.e. his friend or the teachers corroborating what I said. And then somebody else saying that he'd done it. And then there was um, a back and forth between him, the, the police and his defence lawyers. And after about 18 months, he um, basically, he just held his hand up and went, right, okay, I really don't want to fight this in court. I'll admit five charges. He was originally charged with 19, I think. Mm. Um, but after I wasn't very well at the time and I could have gone to court and and kept pushing it, but he admitted his guilt. I got him to admit certain things. And obviously, you know, as you say, um, I'm one of the lucky survivors that, that got a charge and, and a conviction. Um, but yeah, I'm lucky that he did admit his guilt. I don't know what happened. There was just a corroboration on corroboration on corroboration separately and independently of me that backed up what my truth was. And then um, he admitted it. How, how was your experience with the police uh, and the process? And the, the, did you feel you were taken seriously at all times with them? Yes, I did. Yes, I was taken seriously when I first told. It was a nice enough lady. Um, I had an awful, awful time with my video interview, though. I didn't feel believed in that. That wasn't a very nice experience. And then I found out that the video didn't work. So had I have gone to charge him, that would have gone against me completely because I wasn't going to be able to do it again because it was the first one. There's a, it's very difficult going through the police process. I'm not going to tell anyone to do it with, even without knowing about it. It's a tough old process. You can't have counselling through it because the defence of the perpetrator can use your counsellor. And if anything comes out in your counsel sessions that might not be put forward, it can be used against you. So the notes could be used against you. Um, there's not a lot of help for the victim. I don't know about a child disclosing. Obviously, I was an adult, um, so it was in a historical child sex offence. Um, there, my lead uh, copper detective, Mick Smith, he he was brilliant. He supported me from start to finish. Again, I was lucky. Um, the video interview was the, the worst one. And then there's pockets of people that you meet along the way that, don't you that are cold it's it's quite a cold environment you know it's not one where you you're not sharing anything very nice and it can feel quite a, a cold environment you are made to say things that will make you feel very uncomfortable to make sure they can get the correct wording and conviction out of you um they have to question you about specific things that you might not realize you have to have um, you, you, we questioned the same questions over and over again. It's a very, very difficult process to get it to to charge and, and then conviction. Um, and unfortunately, 
I can't say any true help came through the police. It mostly came through other survivors that I've met and through separate counsellors that I found. Well, I hope you don't think this is a radical change of topic in any sense, but given we're both in the Greater Manchester region, we, we've yeah. seen quite a number of high-profile grooming gang cases, as they're dubbed in oh. the media, from mm. Rochdale, Haywood, and it seems to have been something that's affected all areas of the country yeah. since, Telford, further afar, you know, Scotland even. And I just mm-hmm. wondered, what, what was your response to the reports coming out that a lot of this was brushed under the carpet and there were significant failings in terms of the institutions, the police, social services, things like that? Unfortunately, it didn't shock me. Hmm. But I, I, it, it's one thing now that I, I, it's just disgusting. It just, it, it, it breaks my heart every time that you realise the ramifications when you hear this come out of these historical offences and what these young victims have been put through and been made to do. It's just, it's abhorrent. And I'm as disgusted as the the rest of society with it, I think. Um, and I think it's... It's a shame that institutions feel that there's more, there's that there's it it does them better covering it up than telling them the, the truth mm. about this particular. It does for some reason it's better to keep moving on to not have that much paperwork, to not have that much grief, to not be accused of being this or being that. No, no, we'll just ignore it and keep moving it on and keep victim blaming. Uh, and yeah, it's. I suppose the more we keep finding these things out, the more we can hope these institutions learn and change. Yeah, hopefully lessons have been learned for sure. Mm. We've had a very lovely comment from our own Matthew Steeples here. He said, Hayley, uh, you are brave and courageous. You speak with uh-huh. sense and conviction. And I hope your sensible, wise words help others in the future. So, uh, oh, that's very sentiment. lovely. Thank Yes, thank you so much, Matthew. That was really lovely. Thank you. Especially from one as articulate as yourself. <laughs> where can people find uh your book then um amazon the library um a library what any... are those do we still have those? i know my goodness we do i got my local library card the other day yeah because wow. my printer broke yeah no my printer broke i had to go old school <laughs> you went over to print <laughs> i did go to print something um yeah online um any bookstore um, out there, Wartstones definitely have it, but it's it's online. Um, I think uh, that's where most people seem to get it. And where can people find you on the internet if they want to send you some feedback or ask some questions? Um, I'm mostly on Twitter at Haley McGregor One. How how are you um, finding the Twitter experience? Is it something you you, you like? Is it something you're dipping and out of? I'm I'm an all no, I do. Person, unfortunately, I I am. Um, I really do like Twitter. That's sort of that, that's my place of of safety. Um, there's a there's a chat on there for child sex abuse survivors where we can all join together. So it's a nice safe place. And basically, I just learnt to um, block and ignore. That was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that, that's that's basically what I do. 
If only you could take this into day-to-day life. Oh, wouldn't it? But I would love, I often think, you know, when you're just scrolling down Twitter and these people just decide to be keyboard warriors, I wonder what they're like in real life. Like, do they actually walk the street and interrupt people every time they disagree with someone? I highly doubt it. There's, there's some, I think, who made it, <laughs> someone made a wonderful analogy with this once. It may have even been Joe Rogan, perhaps. He, he said he, he, he compared social media to the attitude you have when you're going 70 miles an hour down a motorway, how everything's <laughs> heightened and the smallest little thing has you going from one to 10 with your, your temper immediately. And that, that's true of me. I get, I'm so much more aggressive uh, and ready to go behind the wheel of a car on the motorway than I am in my day-to-day life, Sean. I think yeah, social, yeah, media, yeah. social media is a little bit like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's high-octane feelings, that's certainly for sure. That's great. Well, f- thank you very much for joining us. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, you, you speak, you know, you've somebody who's very calm and, and reasoned on it. And I, re- I really am fascinated with people who have, who have been through something like this and uh, have come out the other side, not only that, uh, a championing awareness in, in that regard. And I imagine you must hear from people all the time who have, been helped by what you've written or what you've said on a platform yes yes I do and that that just uh, keeps giving me the strength to go on because there's bad days Mm. there's days where you know you don't feel like your fight is worth fighting anymore um so yeah it's stuff like that that keeps me going every single day because um I just want people to know that it's not right what this abuse of power and trust does to people i mean do you think and this is a horrible thought obviously but given the how wide ranging the grooming gang scandals were and how that was covered up Hmm. and your experience pertains to school and the the teacher student relationship do you think this is is more widespread than people know yes again i do you know I, i don't like to be all doom and gloom um but yeah unfortunately i think it's just the tip of the iceberg at the moment Okay, well, thank you very much for what you do, Haley. Um, despite the grim subject matter, I've really enjoyed uh, speaking to you. It's been it's been lovely. Thank you. Likewise, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a good evening. You too. Bye.